I'll be right back. I, just yeah. gotta, I think the radio's on in the kitchen. I just got to turn it off. Hang on. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> How's it going, Ami? I'm doing good. The uh, the heat wave we had has broken, so today was a little bit uh-huh. nicer. Maybe you know mid 70s instead of mid 80s and uh, i think That's we're nice. going to get some rain tomorrow so i think we'll have some cooler days for the next week or so oh good yeah cuz it's yeah it's been a little warm here too not not horribly warm but it's been a little bit warm okay it wasn't maybe it's my brain tumor <laughs> you were hearing sound and there was no sound? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I smelled burnt toast. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so that sound is a stroke or something like that, I think? Um, yeah, smelling toast and your left arm feeling numb. That's your heart. Oh, yeah. No? Yeah, the left arm feeling numb is is, uh, is a heart. heart. I'm not sure what the toast is. I think the toast is, yeah, I think the toast is, is a stroke. It's among, among other things, right? So, Quick real-time yeah. update before we go get into stuff. Quote, there's a popular myth that smelling burnt toast is a sign of a brain tumor or that you're Having a stroke. Oh, this okay. isn't true. <laughs> oh, really? Which kind of worried me because I've I've smelt burnt toast before and was like, well, that like Carol burns toast all the time in the kitchen. What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she likes her toast burnt. What can I do? <laughs> So hey everybody, welcome to episode 206 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lippus Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Mark Rubin on the line from San Jose, California. Hello. Alrighty. So Jaime, do we have any follow-up? I'm claiming this as follow-up because we have talked about the uh, new iPad Pro and what it may or may not be. Will it have a notch? Will it have Touch ID? Um, this one's really, you know, we're, this is a, a, I wouldn't call it rumor mongering, but I feel like people are really, really reading a little too much into this latest uh, leak. So uh, as reported by my 9to5Mac, the Beta 5 of iOS 12, the developer Beta 5, that is, uh, apparently includes some sort of icons showing uh, sort of a normal iPad that you would expect. You know, that's kind of a, a very thick uh, forehead and a very thick chin, and it's got the Touch ID button on there and the home button. And then there's another icon that looks almost bezel-less, right? It has very, very thin bezels, has no home button. But the thing that this article is calling is like, oh, uh, this confirms that there is no notch. I know this is not a visual medium, so you'll have to uh, follow the show notes for those of you driving at home. But uh, uh, the quality of these icons is not very good um, because they've been blown up to a legible size. I assume that they are very small, like 15 by 15 or 20 by 20 icons um, on some you know setting screen somewhere. And uh, I don't know that it, uh, at that resolution, you would necessarily decide to put a notch into the icon because who's going to notice the half pixel <laughs> of notch on there? Um, but it just adds to the, the the fires of the rumors, right? Because we're we're sitting here, what about six weeks away, probably from from new iPhone five to six weeks, maybe for new iPhones, new iPads, possibly uh, being released in the fall. So let's let's play a little game here. So in this image that you you've been sort of skirting around, they've got labels on the bottoms of the icons. They look like like iPhone icons or uh, sorry, iPhone app icons with the rounded corner. Sorry, my dog is barking in the background here. Um, but uh, must be a skunk or a raccoon or something. Garbage night. Anyway, so. So the name of these uh, images is HLS, all, of, all in uppercase, and then iPad in lowercase with the lowercase p, which is, I think, bad form. But the other one is called HLS iPad 2. So what do we think HLS means, do you think? 
I hear crickets. Yeah, I'm at a loss. I'm trying to think if I've heard. It, it sounds <laughs> familiar. It sounds, uh, you know, like we've talked about HDR. You, you can talk about uh, like IPS for monitors. I'm trying mm. to think if I've ever heard of HLS. HLS. No idea. Mm. Mm. Well, we'll have to, I'm sure it'll come out in the next week, whatever. Yeah, somebody so out there is, is probably shaking their fist mightily at their phone right now. Like, oh, it's obviously this. And yeah, that's good for you mods. if you know. It, it's yeah. not a, it's a three-letter acronym, a TLA that sounds really familiar, but I can't for the foggiest of me figure out what it is. Yeah. Hmm. HTTP live streaming is the first thing that came up when I put it in Google. <laughs> <laughs> for HLS iPad? Oh, no, I didn't put HLS iPad, but I put HLS and I have no idea. Uh, we'll put HLS iPad in Google. Let's see what it says. Uh, Harvard Law School. Oh, it's a Harvard Law School iPad. Oh, so this is only for the Harvard Law School students. Okay, I get it. Yeah, it was not, that not, not for that Yale. That makes perfect sense. No, nothing else comes up. HTTP live streaming is the number two thing. And uh, Apple Insider's next-gen iPad Pro design confirmed by iOS 12 beta icon. Well, since we're, again, like since we're screwing around with this idea, what if the one on the left, which is HLS iPad, it represents the new low-cost educational model, um, right? And and you know, because it would have a, it currently has a home button. It currently has an, the hole for the. Is that a camera? Or what's on the iPad up there? Let me. Let me oh, you, you know what it probably is. So I found some yeah, sort of engineer like video on demand module GitHub repo. Yeah, and somebody's asking about uh, Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos support for streaming in hls and dash so oh, uh, maybe HLS. maybe it's a, a maybe it's a nicer screen in some sort of way nicer nicer audio nicer video or something this is the thing. Maybe, maybe one in one case it's the the high power, high end pro version, and then the one's the low end, not so pro version, the crayon version, right? The greasy kid stuff version. All right. Well, that's interesting. Enough of that. Let's move on. Um, so yeah, you got some some quarter. It's, apparently, Apple had a good quarter in spite of well, let's in spite of the elephant in the room, which is which is the fact that all of our tech stocks dove. We mentioned it last week. This is a bit of follow up, I guess. Actually, that that uh, I think in, somewhere in the show we talked about the fact that. Um, I think was it was it was it Facebook's talk stock that had taken a dive because mm-hmm. I mentioned last Facebook week did, that yeah. Twitter stock was doing okay, right? They collapsed right after you said that, pretty much. Well, yeah, no, I think you had mentioned that that Facebook had 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 not a good day. This was Wednesday last week on whatever July. Today is Wednesday, August first, so go back seven days um, when we were recording. But I think you had mentioned that that Twitter or sorry, Facebook was having a bad day, and right. then the next day, Twitter and and all the other tech stocks, including Apple, um, fell off the cliff. If you look at the you know the the, the chart of stock climbing upness or whatever, right? It looked like the cliffs of cliffs of Dover is like straight down drop as I guess because Jaime and I talked about this on Twitter the the um, or Slack maybe that the I think you had said the investors were getting all nervous and stuff right right yeah, that I think said, Mark had mentioned something about the uh, like after hours trading sort of stuff. Yes, that's right. true. Yes, right, right. So, but so that said, <laughs> we just had, got the report. Uh, I guess today was it today or yesterday that Apple had a fantastic quarter. So, you want to lead in with that, Jaime? Yeah, there's a couple of links we have here in the show notes from uh, sixcolors.com. That would be Jason Snell's uh, wonderful site. Um, one has a whole bunch of different charts um, showing you know Apple's uh, quarterly results in, in nice, pretty graphs, so, so you can see like 
you know, where are they getting their revenue from? Um, just as before, for a very long time, it's been predominantly iPhone, um, Mac and iPad, a uh, big chunk. Uh, services is interesting to me because services is uh, individually bigger than either Mac or iPad revenue. And really? showing the trend line on the chart, it's clearly on its way to surpassing both Mac and iPad combined. You know, right now it's 15% and they're combined at uh, 10 and 7 for 17. And so in a year or two, it kind of feels like they'll probably be uh, neck and neck, if, if not surpassed by, by services. So which so, chart is this one? Sorry, I'm trying to look uh, First on link, the which is colors, right? uh, Apple results, uh, a very princely sum of 53.3 billion with a B in revenue yeah. for q oh, oh, this one on six color. I was looking at the wrong six color one. Yeah, there's, there's a second one that we'll have in the show notes as well for uh, sort of Jason's analysis of uh, iPhone, iPad, Mac, uh, Apple Watch, and services. Um, oh, you're talking about the, the pie wedge is where you're saying 15, 15%, right? Yeah, that's the one that has a whole bunch of, you know, year-over-year uh, year Mac revenue change or year-over-year year Mac sales change and all sorts right, of yeah. different things. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, a Simcoe, what's his name? Um, uh, Horace did do, used to do a lot of this. I mean, maybe still does. I just haven't followed his stuff for a while. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the the thing that people will pick up on is like being bummer in sort of the, the normal investor stuff I've seen is like, well, you know, unit sales um, are not growing. They're maybe slightly down. They're shrinking, but, yeah. But when you look at the average selling price, um, and, and to me, the, the chart I like looking at is average selling price for Apple product lines. Um, that iPhone 10 is doing really well because that average selling price has gone up, even though unit sales have stayed effectively flat. Yeah. Um, so in the third article, third article that I posted in there today about Apple racing to become the first uh, trillion dollar company, they talk about the fact that uh, I think in in um, uh, last year that the sale the iPhone 10 was not available during the third quarter. It came out because it came out in November, so it it was just after those results. So that's one thing to consider. So you know, you would have been buying iPhone sevens last year. This year, you were buying iPhone eights, and a lot of people were, were waiting to buy the ten when it came out. Um, so that doesn't reflect well in, in 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 there as well. And then, of course, you know as well the the other the other thing too. I don't, and we we haven't talked about this. I don't think we have a link for this, but um, I think is it Highway. I don't know how to say the the name of the company. The Android developer. They're apparently are Huawei. outselling Huawei. They're they're outselling um, the iPhone ten right now, or they're uh, sorry iPhone in general. Yes, uh, they just, they recently took the number two position. So you would have Samsung, Huawei, and uh, Apple. Um, every analysis oh, I've seen though says that that's at the expense of Samsung, who had uh, not a very good quarter. Um, they they talked oh, really? about their Galaxy S nine not selling very well. Um, uh, reading between the lines, it kind of feels like uh, those leaks they came out earlier. That, oh no, like Samsung's um, panel division wasn't doing so well, and oh, the, guess what? That means the iPhone ten isn't doing well. I was like, nope, uh, the quarterly results are here. Apple's iPhone ten did very very well. Samsung's right. Galaxy S nine, which of course Samsung makes panels for its own phone, uh, that was not doing well. So. Uh, right. Right, right. Uh, people were reading the tea leaves or or, or manipulating stock. He says as a, as a very strong believer in a, in a more aggressive SEC uh, for insider trading and stock manipulation. But uh, be that as it may, uh, when I look at these trend lines uh, for average selling price Apple product lines, it'd say you know people starting from the bottom. Uh, people generally over the last several years have wanted a cheaper iPad. Um, certainly, there are people right. who like the pros. Uh, people on this show you know have and enjoy the pros. Um, but I think the the general populace really wants more of a 
uh, probably more consumption, right? There, there it will always be that pro aspect. Like I'm definitely looking to buy an Apple pencil and then get some more, uh, you know, productivity out of my iPad, but, um, that's not the general thing that people want. And people are, um, people are clamoring for more expensive iPhones, clearly looking at this chart, like it's, it's going up and to the right. And, uh, and even Mac, um, even though it's not hmm. selling in greater numbers, uh, the average seller price is, is trending upwards. So that's, uh, that's kind of interesting to me. And, and this doesn't include the uh, most recently updates, uh, uh, most recent updates, I should say that were uh, talked about what, like one or two episodes ago, which has, you know, what did I say? It was like $3,600 us for the model that I want. I mean, that's, that's a whole lot more than, you know, the 999 base price that everybody used to talk about. Oh, the crazy the new, crazy new Mac pros well, or MacBook pros there. Um, I mean, but a lot of that is just, uh, expensive the drives too, right? So the SSD drives are still like still on the expensive side, right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, people are voting with their money, right? The, the story of the yeah. iPhone 10 is, is Apple said, look, you want to continue to have uh, latest and greatest, but you don't want to spend that much. iPhone 8 and iPhone 8 plus are there for you. Right, you, right. you you are willing and able to give us more money. We will absolutely offer you a product at a premium price in the iPhone 10. And it looks like they're going to extend that concept even further with a rumor of the three new phones coming out in the fall. Right. Right. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to look at the, looking at this charts. It's, it's interesting to see, like you said, the, um, the sale of the services as, as like since what 2013 no i guess what year is this yeah 2013 you know they were like 3.7 is this million oh, billion dollars right 3.7 billion dollars this year they're or this quarter they're uh 9.5 so it's it's like tripled in as many you know how many years is that four or five years right um services are coming along quite a ways it kind of leads into the next story which um i posted about just so i just got an email from apple this afternoon saying that about the affiliate program app store updates they have, they're basically closing down the uh, affiliate affiliate programs with with apps so what that was is, is if you had signed up for this it's sort of like a um, an advertising um, spiff if you want I'm not sure we call it um, but you put these URLs at the end of your of your um, your links to the app store and you would get referral you would get referral monies for any any money spent there so if, if you know if we'd mentioned an app and, and a link was in there and you would go over to, the person would go over to the store and they would spend some time in the store and they would buy some things then we would get a credit you know like pennies like like shavings like little bits of copper would fall off the pennies is not a lot of money but still it would add up and 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 uh, james thompson was saying earlier today and, and i've got a tweet from him pasted in here as a link that for him it, it does make significant uh difference that apple's canceling this program so what basically what it means is that their apple has stated in their email to us that the um, I guess the repositioning of the Mac App Store and the iOS App Store, or what are they calling it now? Is, is it App still App Store, right? Um, they're doing well enough without having to have affiliates. So they're, they're just either, I mean, you cancel a program because one, it's costing you too much, or uh, two, that it's not really, you know, not really worthwhile to have this. So uh, begs the question, Apple seems to position themselves as, as they're doing fine. Thank you very much. They don't need the help of affiliates, but which kind of annoys than those of us who've been supporting them all these years, right? So, like, I mean, I have affiliate links, and I've never really made a nickel off, off of Apple, really. Like, not enough to get a check out of them. But other sites like James Thompson, you know, P, uh, creator of PCALC, you know, his sites uh, get a lot more traffic, and he'd get more he'd get more reference money from, referral money from from this program. So, thoughts? Yeah, it's a shame, but like you said, it, it's, it probably became just, it, it wasn't adding any value to Apple, so. Right, right. And they, they had to have people running it, they had to put resources into it. So 
So I guess it was just time. I guess those people must have to move on to something <clears throat> different too. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was a little confused because I said, oh, I wonder why they're killing off the app related one, but leaving, uh, movies, music, books, and TV alone. And, uh, uh I'm not going to proclaim to be the, uh, originator of this idea. I'm looking at the, the Twitter thread and somebody's like, Hey, you know what? Maybe there was just like too much fraud in there where the apps, um, you know, anybody can put up the app, you know, if you've got your $99 and people, you know, it's a little easier to do scammier things like, Oh, this is like a jailbreak app, or this is, you know, supposedly a VPN app or, or whatever the case may be. That's presumably a little bit harder to convince people to like, Hey, you know, go check out my SoundCloud, go, go download this, this MP3 off of iTunes or, or buy this book or buy this TV show. You know, these things have a little bit more of a barrier to entry. I think when you're trying to get into, you know, um, iTunes versus the app store. And I wonder yeah. if that was it. Whereas like, look, this just policing the scam and the fraud stuff is like not worth our time. Well, um, it could be that. And yeah, I mean, cause we, we were talking to that, uh, or sorry, the, uh, at RW we had the, the guy who was used to be in charge of the uh, app store talking about, you know, all the sort of ways that people would try and fool him into, you know, you know, relieving him of his money in, in some way, shape or form. But I mean, the, I think that the profit l- margin on songs is, is higher, you know, videos and songs is higher for Apple than, than, you know, because they have to give us that 30%, right? And, um, you know, uh, so I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Like, like, I think, I think it comes back down to, to what Mark was saying. It's, I think it's more about the effort required wasn't worth the, wasn't worth the, um, the reward to Apple, I guess, right? Like yeah. they're probably, probably paying out more than, than it was worth or, or they weren't, they were probably paying out more than they could afford, I guess. Right. So. Well, but. another possibility is that for apps, they kind of have a captive audience. If you want an iPhone app, you have to go to the app store, right? There's no other way to right, get one. Right. But for music, movies, books, TV, there's lots of other ways that you can that you can uh, get that content. So sure. maybe maybe they do still feel the need to uh, channel people towards towards uh, the app stores for not the app store, but the store, uh, you know iTunes for that. That's true. Well, I mean that that same affinity affinity ID applies to whether it's a song or an app that you buy. Like you know, it's the same same deal. Like you're you're getting a percentage of whatever whatever sold by Apple you know, right, through right. your referral. And like you said, like the sources for for music and, and video could be like regular websites or so on and so forth. There's probably more more of a net to basically pull in business. Whereas, as you said, it's kind of a captive audience with the uh, the Macs and and uh, and uh, iOS devices, right? Mm-hmm. So, this is a good good theory. Yeah, hard to say. Yeah. I think this would play pretty well into something that I've been wanting out of Apple for a while, ever since they launched Apple Music. And that would be some sort of way for developers to use the affiliate program for, I don't know, new and exciting things related to Apple Music. So um, I don't really have a great story for this other than, you know, if, if Apple was to let us create, you know, apps or, or experiences in some way that have, um, you know, a unique take on the Apple Music data right um like you know let, let's say i become you know a really big influencer with relation to like wow you know i just got great taste in music for this mood or for this sort of ceremony or this sort of you know uh, opportunity that's in front of us wouldn't it be great if i could create something for fans that really is in my mind a win-win for, for apple right like if i'm trying to do something that's promoting their apple music service and get a little bit of money you know for like hey look i, I convinced people to go check out that new uh 
that new Drake album or this particular Taylor Swift single or you know whatever the case may be. I, I don't really have a great idea, but just it'd be nice to see Apple give us the tools to do that so that it uh, it sort of draws people more towards one um, building that services revenue by getting convincing people to sign up for Apple Music um, and in music. And, you know, I say in quotes because it, it seems like they're really pushing into television too, and and whatever that program ends up being seems like well even more right maybe I'm promoting whatever their original programming is uh, you know uh, watch this episode then see this song you know that's behind the scenes and other bits that would give just you know little fractional pennies to uh, to the person who's creating this sort of uh, material and, and putting their own unique spin on it almost like a like the the sort of thing that a DJ would do for a radio station right sort of that that sort of relationship I think that would be pretty pretty interesting because it would also draw people to sort of to, to touch on something that Mark talked about there where, uh, you know, you can get that Taylor Swift album or that Drake album. You can get it anywhere, right? It's on Amazon Music. It's on Google Play. It's on YouTube, Red, and all these other things. But if, or, you know, Spotify, I don't know why I didn't mention them. Um, but if you had this opportunity, right, you had this this channel, uh, these people, right, um, you know, let's say like me, like, oh, I'm, I'm DJ Lopez and uh, check out all this cool stuff. People might be like, yeah, you know, I could listen to this on Spotify, but you know, I really like following this person and their take on music, and they've, they've helped me discover so much music. I'm, I'm going to go listen to their stuff. I'm going to go use the Apple experience rather than Google's or Amazon's or any other of the, uh, the more like commodity places. Doesn't that sound like something that might work for, for everybody involved? Yeah, possibly. I also wonder if, um, like, I, I want to know what the difference is between, like, are people still buying individual songs or, or are they just forking over the $14 a month and, and going all in with Apple, Apple music, right? Like, like I'm still buying songs. I still, I still have CDs to rip and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not really, in, I'm not really, and I don't listen to music all day long uh, to justify in my mind um, having an Apple Apple Music subscription. I'm fine with with what I have. But they, if somebody signs up for Apple Music, there's not a whole lot of r- referral monies there, right? So like once they've signed up, you know, maybe even if Apple gave you like 30, 30 days worth of credit or something like that, like you know, that's the sale. It's one sale done, as opposed to like having leading them there to get them to buy 20 songs over a month or whatever, right? Um, I wonder if there's like less action again I, I want to see the numbers between what are people doing are they buying apple music or are they or are they buying individual tunes like you you have a home pod so are you using apple music now Jaime? i am and the the home pod would be far less valuable to me as a device if i uh, if i didn't have the apple music subscription um and i think it's a it's an interesting point i think i think uh, individual song sales are still the predominant way for music to be consumed but i believe the trend is is towards streaming, um, very similar to the way that television and movies have sort of dramatically moved over to streaming, and, and fewer and fewer people are, are straight up buying. Um, it's a little complicated because some some services now offer the ability to buy what's essentially a streamed version um, of uh, of like a movie versus the uh, the a la carte or sorry the oh, uh, all right. you can yeah, eat yeah. of like Netflix. Like yeah, whatever, give us nine ninety a month. You watch one video, you watch a million videos. We really don't care. Uh, as mm-hmm. opposed to like you know iTunes or like. You buy one video, um, buy another, I guess. I mean, I'm sure it'd be great if you did. Yeah, yeah. And 
and, and you're rightly it, it's a little bit complicated because you know I, I know that Apple has to pay you know the royalties for uh, every play to you know like the Scorpio album to, to Drake or whatnot um, I bet you could do something with this though if you were to uh, one if they were to do some of their own label type stuff and, and have like their own true um, exclusives like right now there's there's sort of exclusive like oh yeah Taylor Swift has this on that service but it's exclusive for the first week or the first 30 days or something mm-hmm. like I'm talking like truly exclusive like you know nobody else has access to this and I think that's the sort of thing where you could say like hey uh, you want to get that latest Cardi B album or that latest Kanye West album guess what you have to come to Apple Music and therefore uh, we can use the affiliate program to sort of incentivize the influencers to help us with that I don't know just just sort of uh, thinking out loud there Oh, uh, real-time fact check. Uh, Scorpion is the name of the album by Drake, not Scorpio. My apologies. Scorpion. Ah, really? Yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, Drake's Scorpion holds at number one for a fourth week on Billboard 200 albums chart. So it's three days ago. So that was in reference to which? Oh, uh, I, I'd use the example of uh, that Scorpio album by Drake, but it's actually Scorpion. Oh. <laughs> Canada's own Drake, you mean? Canada's own, own Drake. The Six. Yeah, look at this. So it's even Google's search here, the little sidebar here has Scorpion, studio album by Drake, available on Spotify, Deezer, YouTube, Play Music. Mm. Oh, I figured out what that ringing was. It was my, my alarm on my uh, my phone here. My iPhone device. Really, really looking forward to September when we can see what Apple yes. has, has got in store for us. So, Mark, what, you were talking the other day about, um, you were asking Greg and myself about, um, what is this something to do with forced unwrapping? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just something I was thinking about. So one of the things that's very, very common to do, of course, everybody does all the time, is is when you uh, pass information into a, say, a, a view controller uh, from a, a parent view controller, let's say through a Segway or something like that, and you, you want to pass information in. So you have to you have to uh, declare the a property for the for for the whatever you want to pass in. But because of Swift's requirement that everything has to be in, uh, given a value before the init is done and the init is done before you pass the value in so you have to make that property an optional of some sort right so mm-hmm. or give it a default value but you know sometimes that's not practical so you make it an optional uh, and I've always done the the safe thing and used regular optionals and then do the whole you know lots of guard statements or if lets uh, and and I got to thinking that you know there are some cases where uh, where I, I pretty much know that the value is go- going to exist the thing I'm passing in is going to exist, you know, it's some kind of like dependency injection or something like that. Like that. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, how bad is it really to use a, a uh, an implicitly unwrapped optional, which if for people who don't know the terminology, it's it's like a forced unwrap. It has the exclamation mark at the end. It's basically saying this thing is an optional, which means you don't have to have it fully defined by the end of the init method, but you're saying that it, you know, it, it will always have a value. So, so you can, treat it in your code as if it were not an, an optional. In other words, you don't have to use, uh, you don't have to unwrap it. It's just right, automatic yeah. unwrap. So it's it's a little bit cleaner from a coding point of view, but it's it can be very risky because you're implicitly saying this thing will will never be nil. And it, if it ever is nil, then you're you're a crash. So I was just mm-hmm. asking for some opinions on, you know, have, have people done this kind of thing? Have people used uh, implicitly unwrapped optionals in that in that way? And it's, and it's very similar to what uh, 
uh, interface builder does, right? You always yeah. see exactly that for interface builders. So why not do that for your own stuff? Um, and I haven't, I haven't started doing it yet because it is still kind of dangerous and I haven't uh, gone down that path. But, but if there is a case where, you know, you absolutely fundamentally know that this thing will never be nil, uh, then, right. I, then I don't really see anything wrong with it. So yeah, I was just posing the question to see what other people's thoughts were on that. Yeah, I guess the the, the thing is, like you said, um, you know, with with interface builder, there's almost a, there's a promise that it's going to be dealt with, right? Right. Like, that's right. Whereas you know, um, if if you know if you're the owner of the code and you know you're passing in like like you said through a dependency injection or something like that, not, that a value is going to get passed in, then I guess in theory there's no harm in doing that. But I guess the I I think the whole purpose of, in my opinion, of the whole purpose of checking um, by unwrapping is um is to to produce what they call safe code right or safe code right. style that's right that's right yeah so um yeah i think my correct. opinion would be to try to avoid the implicitly unwrapped uh, for things that are avoidable like i know that um ib outlet connections and stuff are that's like sort of just the way you have to do it right um i think for something like handing off data between segways i would probably try to approach it with uh, a protocol of some sort so that you have the safety of like like this, this thing cannot be nailed. Like it has to be there. Um, and if I can cast this particular um, view controller, the destination view controller, for example, as uh, this type of you know, thing, and then say like, yep, go ahead and you know, like it has a configurable method or, or configure with method or init with method. That's not like truly an init, but is more of a, okay, this is additional setup that's required if you conform to this protocol. Um, I feel like that ends up adding a lot of the safety that you were looking for, but I, mm. I might've been missing the exact scenario that you were trying to well, approach. Well, what I was thinking of in, in particular is a case where uh, you might use you might use a single uh, a singleton for something, right? There's so, there's something where it has to be available. It's created once, and it has to be available in lots of places inside your app. Uh, and you know, so the old ways would be old way to be use a singleton. You know, and and for a lot of good reasons, singletons have a lot of advantages, but there's but there's some disadvantages too. Uh, so so. Uh, in many cases, rather than having a singleton, you want to just pass the single thing explicitly into whatever objects need it. Uh, so in that case where where the object you're passing it into isn't going to own it, even the parent doesn't necessarily own it. It's owned, you know, somewhere way upstream at, you know, maybe in your app delegate or, or somewhere it's, you know, it's created at one time. Uh, and uh, and it, it has to exist for the app to function. So it just seems like kind of a convenience type of thing. But I, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I haven't I haven't started using it because it is kind of a drastic. It seems like kind of a drastic thing and and a and a dangerous path to go down, right? Well, I'm sure there because, are people screaming at their phone right now. Right, right, right yeah. And especially if, if you have multiple developers who aren't really aware of why this is happening, uh, it's easy for someone to make a mistake and cause you know cause a problem by doing this kind of thing. So I, I haven't actually done that, but you know it was something I was thinking of, thinking about in the car. Uh, on my commute one day. When you have nothing else to do. When I got nothing else to do, exactly. Yeah, that scenario is a little tricky because... I think I've, I've handled it as I described, but the protocol piece, uh, in other cases, it may be more practical to say, look, like, uh, we're going to treat it as if 
you know, this is only um, just a parameter that's being passed in. It's, it's really the singleton, but we've, you know, we, we've made even the singleton itself conform to a protocol so that uh, the receiving object does, doesn't really know. It just knows that, hey, this thing is, you know, some sort of data providing thing. And, and secretly, like we all know that, hey, look, it's not practical to change the nature of the singleton nature, uh, you know, for business reasons, but we could change it, right? Um, and, and we've either handled it by, by adding that protocol piece so that in the future, when we do say, hey, you know, we've got this single instance or multiple instances, whatever the case may be, it's no longer singleton, but it's, it's still being passed indirectly. Great. Or having it be uh, a default parameter for uh, for the init, for example, of like, look, this is really no different than just magically grabbing the um, the singleton like out of thin air, uh, mm-hmm. as is pretty typical with them. But it has the niceness of it's not randomly on line fifty five of this method. It's right there in the init. So somebody who's looking at the um, the definition can say, oh, like this thing is totally important. And since it's there in the definition, it could be injected for things like tests or some sort of refactor. And this is, hey, like we, we can ensure that this thing is going to get passed along rather than just yeah. like having to hope that the singleton is there. Yeah. So, so I think what you're suggesting would work really well for objects that you explicitly create yourself. So you are calling a NIT method. But what about the case, in, in which case you don't have the issue of the property not being set before the init is complete. But but in the case where of, say, a view controller that's loaded from a storyboard, how, do you, how would you handle that? Um, maybe, and it, maybe what I'm thinking here, maybe with like a lazy var. So you've seen those, yeah, those lazy vars that like uh, it can it can avoid being an optional property because it's guaranteed to exist by the time it's called the very first yeah, time. Yeah, that, that's an interesting idea, actually. I've used that a lot for a yeah. UI view setup because it, mm-hmm. it it cleans it up. It makes it like look, you know, you know, let this thing equal a button, and here's this little closure that instantiates it, and it's lazy var. So it technically doesn't exist until I say, oh, uh, button dot text color is blue or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a very interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, your mileage may vary. I'm yep. I'm not a lawyer, not an engineer, <laughs> depending on the country we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you just play one on a podcast? Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll move on to our Picorama. Where's the notes here? Picorama. All right. So I guess I'll go first. So my pickup is it's actually kind of follow-up, and it's also an interesting idea. It's almost push-repeat-a kind of idea. Um, so... As I mentioned earlier, I think I, I took the day off, or maybe in the after show I mentioned it. I'm not sure. Um, time is irrelevant in, in more than just code land. We 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 you know we we travel through time and space and weird weird orders weird orders here. Anyway, um, so last week we were talking about Amazon delivery in the states. Because in Canada we have Prime, and I think we have I don't know if we have same day delivery. We have like you know next day delivery. I think you know I can get the, the free one day delivery if you have Prime and and. That that usually means if I order something, I'll get it tomorrow. But you guys were telling me last week that you have a same-day, like, one-hour delivery, if I'm not mistaken. Prime Now is what it is. Um, Prime, Prime Now, now you, you pay a premium for, it's like 7 or $8, I think, for one-hour delivery of um, certain items that are in Amazon's catalog. Right, Presumably, right. you know, it, it's like, oh, are you in um, zip code 90210? Guess what? Like, the yeah. things that are Prime Now available are whatever is in the closest warehouse uh, to your, your zip code versus your zip code is 98104 in the Northwest. Right. And you have a slightly different set of things that are, you know, 
maybe maybe fewer surfboards and more North Face jackets or something for for my sure. neck of the woods. Sure. So anyway, so last week I I was uh, I took the the Friday off and uh, I had some. So we have we have these uh, these. Th- I, they used to be rail what we call railway ties, like you're basically a six by six foot lumber dimensional lumber that's like twelve feet long, fifteen feet long. We have them sort of dividing. We have like a retaining wall of garden and, and steps down to our garage in the back of the house and so we you know 17 some 20 years ago or something like that we we put in these ties and over over time the water and you know life and everything uh, has basically the wood has started to rot so i had to replace them so i had to go to the local home depot which for me is you know maybe a 10 minute walk from my house but um we're, we're down to a one-car family and of course carol was out with the car so i had to go down to the home depot to see what they had available for me right and then i was going to see what they would charge to deliver it or maybe i could get one of those you know 19 dollar vans where you could you know put the stuff in the van yourself and then um have it uh you know then and then you know pay pay the and you have to back have the van back in four hours but then you add insurance on and it ends up being like you know 40 50 bucks by the time you get in there just to rent a van for a couple of hours plus you have to pick up all the stuff and handle it yourself and as i got to home depot and i went to look for the lumber this truck was pulling in and, and on the side of it it said Reno run and it was a big you know van like it's the van size van a long one but with a high roof right and uh, I, you know big it said you know download the app and I thought well what the hell is this right and so what it is is a company that started up in Montreal and it's now uh, has a branch here in Toronto um, so when you sign up for the app you choose either either Ontario or Quebec and they will basically deliver construction materials to your site and I'm doing air quotes here uh, within two hours, right? So, and it's basically the first time you use it, it's free, right? And then after that, it's forty-five dollars per shipment. But you can fill their truck for um, for sixty-five dollars Canadian, right? So that's probably you know it's like probably forty or it's probably like uh, forty-five dollars a U.S. to fill the truck. Um, interesting idea. So you know, if if I wanted to get a skid of pea gravel, which would weigh several tons, they will deliver those to. And then you know, a nice guy comes with the with the truck and uh, delivers stuff and, and, and in my case like you know I didn't have to carry the the lumber into the into the backyard he even he even brought it right into the backyard for me right so I bought like you know several pieces of this wood and a bunch of bags of pea gravel um, yeah and it was like at my house within two minutes it's, it's the service basically you go into this it's kind of web appy uh, app you go in and you, and you look at the you have all the Home Depot stuff available to you you just go through and pick what you want and uh, from the from their catalog and you you know it's all divided into different categories and you um, you pick out what you want I mean in, in the case of my in my case I picked up some nails with the wrong nails I have to go back and you know get the right nails but uh, everything else was fine like the, the lumber was delivered to my house no problem um, and what happens is they you know they call you back or they text you back you know they called me back to confirm the order and then they just the rest of the conversations were happened via text and you know got a text saying the guy's going to be here in 15 minutes and I went out into the backyard met the guy and yeah, he brought it in, and that's it. It's you know, it's all billed to your Visa card, so there's no money. It's kind of like it's Uber Eats for construction materials, essentially, right? So, kind of interesting idea. It's that yeah. was kind of cool. And according to the website, they bring you free coffee too, right? Yeah, I didn't get the coffee though. I got I, that's my one complaint about it. So, is it Tim? Is it Tim Hortons coffee? Do you know? 
Yeah, Do you know, you know, we should here. Here's a little sidebar on Tim Hortons. You know, I didn't didn't realize this until because we've been talking about Tim Hortons on this show for a long, long time. But Tim Hortons is no longer Canadian owned. Did you know that? No, I, did I didn't know that. that. Tell us more. Yeah, they they got bought. They so they bought Wendy's. You know, Wendy's hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I don't know if it applies. To, you have Wendy's in the states, right? Oh, of course, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know if Tim Hortons bought all of Wendy's or just the Canadian franchise part of it or whatever. But yeah, so Tim Hortons and Wendy's have been cahoots. So like you know, when you go around the, around the, the province, you'll see you know like a, a double store where it's Tim Hortons and and uh, Wendy's together. But yeah, though apparently they were they were bought by uh, they used to be out of Oakville, Ontario, which is where I used to live. Let's have a look here, Tim Hortons, real time follow up, folks. I think it's a Brazilian company or something like that. Of course, I go to their website. That's not what I wanted. Of course, Tim Hortons was Canadian. He's a hockey player uh, owner. Let's try that. Hundred thousand employees, not too small, not too shabby. Oh yeah, I found an article here. That that said that Wendy's owned Tim Hortons for 11 years and then spun it off. This is prior to the Burger King. I can't remember if that was merger? a merger and acquisition. Oh, so it was the other way around. They had it backwards? Okay. I don't know. This article wasn't very helpful. Well, it says here that they merged with Wendy's in 92 90 to 95, and then in 2002, they regained independence. Um, and then they had to bend the knee they on were August 26, 2014. Burger King agreed to purchase Tim Hortons. I thought it was a, a merger there. It had to bend the knee. Oh, yeah. There you go. And then now I see the Brazilian thing you're talking about. So the chain became a subsidiary of the Oakville-based holding company Restaurant, Band, Restaurant Brands International, right, yeah. which is majority owned by Brazilian investment firm 3G Capital. Oh, so it still is owned out of out of Oakville, but it's but it's a but that company is owned by uh, Brazilian Brazilian interests. Yeah, interesting stuff. Anyway, that's uh, the sad story of Tim Hortons. Um, but coming back to yeah, so this this uh, my pick is uh, Renault Run. Did I even mention that Renault Run? So RenaRun.ca. I don't know if they plan and then expanding to the states or anything like that. But, um, yeah, interesting service. I mean, really timely for me because, like, you know, I walked down there without without a car and, you know, I didn't even have to walk down there. I could have just loaded, downloaded the app and, and bought the wood and from the comfort of my own desktop or hmm. backyard or device, what have you. Well, that's my pick. I think a couple of things there. One is that uh, their website seems to be sort of focusing towards more uh, contractors, yeah. especially with the yeah. free, you know, fresh coffee for your whole crew so they're not grumpy, they're, you know, more productive and happy, you know, 8 a.m. on the job. Um, so it's, it's interesting to hear that it's you found it useful even as a as an individual as a homeowner. homeowner. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did put my company name down when I when I registered. <laughs> but um, I mean, what's interesting though is like even even if I was doing a contracting thing, like I can't tell you the number of times I've done like you know, been doing work at, at a friend's house or my son's house or something like that. And you're like, oh, I got to run to Home Depot and get another couple of sheets of drywall or something like that, or I need some more nails, what have you. But this this would be kind. Of, this is kind of like a gopher that you just you know you have your app and you just uh send them out to get stuff right and so yeah good it's a real i think it's a really cool idea yeah the second thing i found interesting was the pronunciation of reno instead of uh, i read that as reno like reno I, nevada, I the place, yeah, reno, nevada. The place you can go gamble yeah. yep oh really is uh, it is it named after something in, in renovation Canadian areas? renovation renovation run- yeah okay there you go yeah, no, yeah that makes more sense renovation runner yeah essentially yeah it's cool anyway that's my pick nice you got something there Jaime? Yes, this is a, uh, a blog post by Mark Palmer, a uh, self-proclaimed iOS developer and product designer. It's called uh, Hacking My Shell Prompt, so I make fewer mistakes working with Xcode projects. So he shows some uh, 
some nifty things you can do with pretty much what you've already got available in your your terminal uh, by making some changes to your um, bash profile and using a little bit of his uh, script here for checking your like your git status uh, like you know what branch am I on is it you know up to date is it is it dirty have I committed something but not pushed um, and also if you're in the uh, season of, of Xcode betas and you're like why won't this stupid thing work oh that's right I need to do Xcode select because I'm using the wrong version of Xcode uh, also does some parsing of your uh, your Xcode select so if you're you know switching in between one of the Xcode 10 betas but you need to go back to your normal stuff for Xcode 9.3 this has has saved me uh, already minutes if not hours of, of heartache and pain by oh my dang it I was on the wrong branch or whoops I was using the wrong version of Xcode I need to use this other one it's pretty nice it, it you can tweak certain things you know make the color a little less obtrusive you know not have the little emoji if you don't want and he also links to um, a site called easyprompt.net which is uh, a totally unrelated site that lets you sort of uh, configure your own sort of thing if you're like well I'd like to show the current directory and I'd kind of like the background of this thing to be green or for this thing to have certain text around it and it pumps out the stuff that you would need to put into your bash profile to to make your your uh, command line prompt environment just a, a little bit nicer and easier to deal with interesting so you you've used this yourself or yeah not not for very long maybe a couple of weeks but it already felt so much more productive just to you know be in a, on a command prompt and be like which branch am i on you know before i uh, go make a branch or try to do some commits and realize oops i'm on develop branch that was dumb i'm gonna have to go go back in or time revert remember what you did or or stash your changes and then change branches and then unstash them yeah yeah depending on whether you've pushed or not right and so that's that's the sort of thing where you know i've lucked out a few times like well let me just go back make a separate branch move that over and then i'm good if you if you push it to develop then it gets a little bit more painful mm-hmm. very cool you too and uh, what's next uh so i have a pick uh which is a an app that i stumbled upon uh, it's actually not a it's not a very new app it's been around for a long time but i just i just found out about it and, and it's a pretty simple app uh for testing out your uh h uh http type connections it's called rested mm-hmm. uh and it's available for free on the mac app store which is great and it's it's a real simple thing it's just a a little gui where you can put in a url and set up uh just set up your calls you can it has a nice interface where you can enter parameters uh and give them values and choose to send them as json or as form data uh and uh you know you just set up all your calls and and hit send and boom it shows you what the response is and including all the headers and everything uh so it's a real just quick and dirty way to test out calls you know something isn't isn't working right with your server and and you're getting weird results back it's it's a simple way to just uh, do some quick testing it has authentication too that you can build in uh to mm-hmm. have it uh you know authenticate the calls and just it, it it's simple and it and it works great sounds awfully familiar yeah i mean it's pro- it's been around for a long time so probably lots of people have used it i just had never stumbled upon it it's kind of like you might be thinking we talked a, a while back about paw which is a similar yeah. kind of thing yeah. which which granted has a lot it's a lot more full featured for sure uh, mm-hmm. but it's not free right right so this is this one's free and very simple to use you can test out rest calls and stuff like that is that the idea yep yep you just can yep you just uh set up the call in a, in a simple gui and, and hit a button and it makes the call and you get the results back yeah yeah i, I was also reminded of paw which i looked on this on their website and it is paw is 49.99 us 
yep. uh, single user license. And I'm just going to read one of these or part of this reviews here because I, I totally get the value of Rested here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard too says, I usually just use curl, but this app makes it easier to test requests that are more complex without having to fiddle around with curl syntax and URL encoding. Exactly. Just plug in the data and press and send. Yep. Mm. So I, I could definitely see adding this to my tool set. You know, I yeah. uh, use Visual Studio Code a lot to do text editing, but sometimes I need something beefier like Xcode or sometimes something just even smaller and, and lighter weight, like, I don't know, text editor, text wrangler or something, just depending on, on the need. So I could see cool. adding this, there, especially at the uh, the low, low price of free. Of oh, free, it's hard yeah. To, <laughs> that's the, that's the best part. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, I guess that's it for the week, right? So, hey, how many people want to get in touch with you? Where do they do that? I'm on Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. And Mark, if people want to get in touch with you? Mark R at smapsoft.com. All right, and I am Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. So I guess until next week, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. 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 This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find out details on how to help us out on the website, mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Now stick around for the after show, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Now, now that you've gone down that rabbit hole, oh, I got to show you this picture here. Hang on, let me just grab this picture. Can I save this picture to the desktop? So I, I know we don't Zoom talk better. about politics on our show, but but you see this picture in this that I've got there? Zoom in on it. Oh, it's not very. Can you zoom in? Yeah. Yeah. Is that you? It's low, kind of low res. So the guy just in front of the, like the flowers, the guy with the flowers in his hand, that's Prime Minister Trudeau. Oh yeah. And the guy behind the Secret Service guy with the hat on and the MTJC sticker on his phone, that's me. Mm-hmm. This is like two seconds after I just shook Trudeau's hand. I can't tell it's an MTJC sticker. At well, this it is. And it, actually, if you, go to the, if you go to the Robert Planter interview on the Strombo show, you can see the same guy with the same hat on holding up an MTJC sticker stuck to the back of his phone as well as he's, you know, periscoping or taking pictures of Robert Planter. Only in that case, it's not you? No, that, in the next case, it is me. And Jonathan's sitting next <laughs> oh. to me, so, yeah. <laughs> That's cool, though, eh? Yeah. It's not every yeah. day you get to lead the, meet the leader of your country. Because, <laughs> no, I heard, I heard. well, we just had the Danforth shooting, which is just literally up the street from my house, right? So, um, I, you know, I was on my way. I was, I, had, I was, I was, had to take the day off. Monday, I took Monday. I took the weekend off and the Friday and the Monday because Carol and I were going to go to Halifax for a wedding. Long story short, didn't happen. So I ended up having two, two staycation days, right? And um, mm-hmm. so I had heard that he was coming to, so the funerals for the two people, People that died were on Monday, and so he, the Trudeau, uh, I think the deputy.
Deputy uh, Premier and the and the Premier of the Province, uh, Doug Ford, were going to the, to the thing as well as the Mayor of Toronto. We're going to the to the uh, funerals to pay their respects. And then uh, Trudeau was coming to the top of my street, where right across the street from my my bank, right, to lay a wreath where there's like a you know people have been putting candles and flowers and stuff all week, right. Um, but I had heard he was going to be coming, and then I was listening to the radio, and I thought I was going to miss him. And then they said he's going to be there at twelve thirty. So and it was twelve, and I had a do- appointment with Mac at the vet for one p.m. So we we walked up to there and to the park, and I didn't see any signs of anybody, and there was a whole bunch of people milling around. So I started walking um, west towards the, the vet's office, and that's where the entre- Trudeau's entourage had stopped, and he was got out of the car, and he was going up and down the street talking to business people and shaking people's hands and stuff, right? And so I stood there waiting, you know, I stood there and I step on Max Leash when I don't want him to jump up on people. And I stood there and the Secret Service guy came over to me and said, can you move to the side, like away from the sidewalk? Because, you know, get me out of the way. Because because I had the dog with me, they don't want, you know, they want Trudeau to have to walk around the dog or whatever, right? Because you never know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so as he was walking by, I just kind of went, hey. And uh, and he turned and looked at me and I said, hey, nice to meet you. And stuck my hand out and shook his hand. So wow. yeah, I got, to, got to meet the Prime Minister. Yeah, you probably had a uh, a little red dot trained on your forehead as you're doing that <laughs> maybe maybe well i don't know it's it's it's, it's a yeah it's a different country my friend um well, but, that's true yeah. and i and i did i saw his uh, i saw his uh, father in the 70s speak at a, at a local mall near us because i guess he came to do i don't, I don't know maybe he was campaigning or something i don't even remember what he said and he was like you know and we were like it was like the cheap seats at a concert you know he was miles and miles away i mean i could see him clearly you know but uh couldn't get anywhere near him because it was a huge crowd. So and I followed Trudeau, and, and he was you know talking in the crowd. And of course, I don't know if you've ever watched anything being filmed for television. You really can't hear the people talking. You have to wait till it broadcasts later on. And so this picture that I posted in in um, uh, it, like you can see pictures of Trudeau at the event, and I was actually behind him because he had just shaken my hand, right? So, but in this particular shot, I was actually periscoping um, him walking in the street when when this picture was taken. So. If you go to my Periscope account, you can see the other. You can see my perspective on it, right? But yeah, this is this is published in uh, Blog Tio's um, Instagram account, or some guy named Har- Howard Rideout published it there. So yeah, just around the corner from where I live. Cool. Yep. And actually, I think on the on the TV uh, broadcast, uh, I show up on there too. Oh, cool. Your, your fifteen minutes of fame. My fifteen. Oh, I've had several fifteen minutes of fame. Hmm. Yeah, I was on TV when I was like a, a little kid too. Doing what? Um, well, it was on CBC. There was I don't know. They came to our school for some reason. And and I was the cute little kid with the English accent, I guess, because I just I just came from Eng- England, like you know, six months or three months before that. And we were going to sing a song or whatever. And so my job was to stand up and say, "We're going to sing Frere Jaca," and then you know the class breaks into Frere Jaca and. Yeah. So, but that's lost in the annals of time. I have no idea where the footage for that is. I did see it at the, that evening. We watched it on the news. My parents and, and I watched yeah, it. That's before the days where everything shows up on the internet is and is there forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because I, I know that the like this is this is the CBC too, right? And so I know a lot of their stuff has been archived. So God knows, it may it may actually be somewhere for all I know, right? Mind you, that was like 1966. So who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's probably you know <laughs> before they had digital backup for sure. Yeah. Cool. That was before I was born, Tim. Nineteen sixty-six. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to one of the ladies at work. She's uh, she's one of our um, 
She's our BA, which is like the business side of business analyst for our, our one of our projects. And uh, I had just sort of mentioned what did I mentioned to her. I said, "Oh, I said my sister met John Beliveau once," and she went, "I think I read about him in my history books," yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was just priceless. Thanks for that. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, already I'm already feeling old, and you know, more more than uh... <laughs> no. I know what you mean. Like I think my in my uh, I mean, well, let me the average age of a developer is to what twenty six, twenty eight, something like that. I guess. Isn't that what, what yeah. they say? So yeah, we're we're all over the hill, including Jaime. So you know, <laughs> we, we look forward to next year having true millennium uh, people becoming uh, adults, right? Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, oh yeah, twenty eighteen. Right? celebrated well, in two thousand, but really the millennium started in two thousand one. Um, I feel really old thinking, oh my gosh, those yeah. those people born that year will be eighteen in two thousand nineteen. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that actually. Thanks for that, Jaime. I That's really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, I have like uh, two Sundays from now as we record will be will be my next birthday. Let's just put it that put it there oh. and leave it there. Yeah, let me let me think about that. Is it uh, is it is it the big one? No, 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 no. That's that's two two years away. Oh, okay, so. okay, okay. No, no. I mean, like I said, I think I I think I mentioned before that I didn't realize that I actually hadn't shipped my first app until I was fifty. Wow, or very close. It was I think it was very close because we shipped uh, we shipped two life in August of the year that the iPhone iPad came out, which is 2010. So, yeah. It's ironic that I wrote that article on, I mean, from my perspective, because I don't think of myself as being that old, you know, like um, uh, when I wrote the article about, you know, learning after after 50, like, yeah. you know, I've, I've never stopped learning, so I don't know what the issue was. And, you know, when I wrote the article even still. Right? Yeah. I, I don't, I just turned 50. I don't, I don't. Uh, this year? Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. No, I'm not cheering about it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel that old but apparently i am yeah yeah well it's funny like like i said i went to that i don't know if i mentioned on the show but i went to that high school reunion thing which is which actually was surprisingly fun and i've hooked up or met met up with uh with three or four of my friends from back then and it was interesting catching up with them and and it's been like literally literally like 40 years since i because i moved away from toronto um in my 12th year right so grade 12 yeah which is our second at the time was our second last uh, year before university so Hmm. yeah i think we we uh we used to go one more year than you guys. You guys go to university when you're 18 in the States? Well, yeah. So you have four years of high school or three? Four years. Four years. High school. Yeah, we used to have five years of high school in, in Canada or in, in Ontario anyway, but they got rid of that one. Actually, my nephew, Justin, who is now, I think he's 32 or 33, he was the last year where they where they had, they, they didn't have uh, the grade 13. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they called it double cohort because, you know, twice as many kids would be getting into uh, university or, yeah, going to university and college at the same time. So there would be like less seats for people, right? Hmm. Yeah. So how did how did they do that? Didn't the graduating seniors or the the graduating four year types have a year less of classes and training and stuff? Yeah, I think they, they I think they must have changed the curriculum. I, of course, I wasn't in school at the time, Mark, but um, I think they changed the curriculum. They, I think they probably upped the ante and like like so we had this OAC. It was called OAC, um, and I forget what that stands for, but uh, but it was it was called grade thirteen and grade thirteen was like if you were if you were just going to go to high school and go get a job you went as far as grade 12 some people have been dropped out at 11 because you could drop out at 16 in Canada right and just go get a job right but if you were going to go to university or college you had this one last year of, of preparation and so the the style of teaching was very different like you know they would instead of you know giving you your assignments and getting you know get, 
doing your homework and making sure you did your homework and stuff like that, they started to treat you more like an adult where you would you would be given here's the here's the expected reading, you know, and you need to you need to have this done and we'll have a test, you know, at the end of the week and um it was more like lecture style than than traditional high school was, I guess. So to get you ready for university. Because when you get to university you pay them your twenty thousand dollars a year or whatever, they don't give a crap what you do when you get there, right? You know, you you pick your courses, they they give you what the reading 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 list is and, and they tell you when your assignments are due and if you don't do it, it's on you, right? Mm. And and that's a different attitude than in high school where, you know, you have you're expected to do the work and expected to, you know, turn in your work on time and, and you're you're uh chastised or punished or whatever if you don't do it, right? Whereas in university they got your money, they're laughing, right? They don't care. <laughs> you know? I, I just remember that being the mindset that somebody explained to me, you know, if you go to college or university, the professors don't care if you don't do the work, right? Mm. They're not gonna they're not gonna hound you for it in other words, right? It's not like in high school where they're kind of babysitting you for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and so so when you go th- when you guys go through um high school to college, like you you guys do your your years differently. Like don't you have sophomore and what do you call your your different years in in, 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 high, in high school? In high school it's freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Junior, senior. Oh, oh so junior is the third year. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we we had the we basically would be nine, ten, eleven, and twelve for us. So same idea so though. The numbers are the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So but I but it's funny though, kids start school a lot earlier now. Like um my granddaughter is just turned three, but she's been in school for at least a year now, like half a day. So and she's doing French immersion, so she's basically going to school in French. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um but she yeah, she's been doing, you know, a couple of days a week for since she was about two and a half. So I didn't start school till I mean I went to nursery school when I was a kid, but it wasn't really wasn't uh it wasn't that hard. I just remember having lots of naps and milk and you know <laughs> I don't remember if we did any work, right? And then other than maybe learning our ABCs and one, two, threes and stuff, but yeah, um, mostly socializing you to get you to understand that there are other small humans just like you. Yeah. And you, you start learning how to deal with, with other people in groups and politics and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, so then we had a kindergarten year, which I, I think kindergarten was just to make sure that you, you got the ABCs and the one, two, threes and the days of the week and stuff like that down pat. Right. And you could tie your shoes and whatever, and, you know, go to the bathroom by yourself and things like that. Right. And then, and then, um, grade one was where you where you actually started sitting at a desk and you know that all that whole sort of stuff right there. yeah kindergarten was a half day for us when i was a kid and then first yeah i think so and day. so they've changed that recently here in 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 ontario anyway it's um it, it went to a full day probably about three or four years ago which was, i think was a big change for a lot of kids right so i don't understand the um the push for that so let's see i don't think preschool was really like a thing when i you know started school not to say that yeah. it didn't exist, but it was more like, well, you know, if the parents want to pay for it and you know, it's kind of optional. Um, so I started school, you know, at five in, in kindergarten. Um, somewhere along the way, I don't know, by the time I was in high school or college, it was a lot more common to be like, oh, yeah, you, get, you, you pretty much should put your kids through your preschool. Uh, yeah, and there seems yeah. to be this continuous, if, like, it, like... It was the same way when I was a kid. I wonder if it's, if it's because there are more you know, two parents working couples now. So it makes life actually a lot easier if you put your kid in, in nursery school. Yeah, and, and daycare is expensive, too. That's yeah. another option, too. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of, like, that's a big, it's funny thing, like, about, about and now it's like waiting lists. Like, I almost almost joke that you, before you ask a girl out on the first date, you should plan, you know, what school they're going to go to, right? <laughs> you know, it's almost that bad, you know? So... So yeah, you gotta so, you gotta get into the right uh, nursery school, so you can get into the right private school, so you can get into the right college, right? Well, no, and it's true. It, literally, there's there's like there's a good French. Uh, we have a Montessori.
regulatory system here. You may have it in the states. I don't know, mm-hmm. but yep. so it's sort of an. It's not the mainstream thing. It's sort of a different kind of kind of learning. But um, there's a couple of French schools, you know, and people will move house to go to be able to, to be in the zone to go to that school, mm. or they'll they'll register the kid at their you know uncle's address or whatever to, if they're you know within the range of of getting uh, getting a kid into a class, right? So yeah, weird. And then of course we you know we had when I was growing up, you know, my mother is Catholic, so we had for a number of years we went to separate school. So what they call separate school here in, in Ontario, which is which is the like you had the public school and then you had the separate school was which Catholic and it had a different different school board and you know different curriculum and stuff like that. Um, I went to a private school for a couple of years too. I won a scholarship to go to Ridley College in St. Catharines, so which was lots of fun. It was all you know a lot of sports and you know, but it was a long day. We went from eight in the morning till five in the afternoon. So, but with a, like a two-hour break for sports, which I sucked at, by the way, just for the record, <laughs> except for hockey. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about the lower education, I guess. Right? Yeah. Should we do a show? Yeah, let's do a show. Or, all right, let's. Or do was it. that the show? That was the show. That was <laughs> that's the after show. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting that uh, that slow roll, you know, like I don't jump out of bed. I'm like, you know, yeah. kind of groggily get up and I'm like, you know, it doesn't hurt to see what's what's going on on Twitter. You know, <laughs> should I get out of bed today or is it going to be a, a day where like eh, maybe I just stay? Oh, because you're you're the home. You're working from home now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my, <laughs> my lifestyle is a little different now. Um, you know, I could start super early or I can pop out of bed right before my first meeting. It, it doesn't really matter yeah. so much. Well, do you find, do you find that you're, you stay up later or you work later now that you're, you're not really got the commute to deal with and all that stuff? I definitely work a little bit later, but that's kind of counterbalanced by being able to take a break midday and do laundry or uh, run out and do an errand and other stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's more like it spreads out the, the kind of work. And so I, I try to figure out like, mm, am I really in a situation where I can do, you know, an hour or two of dedicated head down time if not all right maybe i'll do some lightweight stuff and then do a task uh like personal yeah. task and then come back to those stuff later even if it's uh you know post dinner or something yeah well where, i used to take the dog for a walk at like 11 and that would be like an hour and then tootle around and in the afternoon i don't know if i just drunk i didn't don't think i jump right back into it but then i would start working again back at 8 p.m and you know go till whenever so uh, it was pretty pretty much of a drain and it was like seven days a week so i didn't know yeah. what weekends were <laughs> yeah i would I would work routinely pretty late, you know, certainly past midnight. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. I had this guy in Canada who used to keep me up all, awake all night working on stuff. Really? Till three in the morning? <laughs> Till three in the morning, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, just one more thing, Mark. How about this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you, the advantage for you, you, you were, I used to always wonder, like, if, is he around? Can I text him? Or what? And that was before, before we had Skype and all that kind of stuff, too, right? That's true. How did, yeah. we, how did we get in touch with each other? Remember, we used to have we used to use uh, iMessage. Yeah, iChat. Yeah. iChat, and yeah. every single time it, it was a hassle to get it working. Yeah, yeah. But how did we start though? Because we must have had a way of communicating. It was before Slack. iChat. It was iChat, right? Oh, we started in oh getting the video going was always a hassle, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you and I both had to, I had my my mobile me account and then I had my Apple ID account and you had you know I think it was AOL we used to use right back yeah, in the day but, like yeah. Because I think E-World, it was yeah, service, was, I just, but it, we used those. The, the was it Jabber or something like that that it used? Uh, Whatever. Yeah, well, probably yeah, some Jabber, Jabber protocol. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So I always had two accounts for Mark, and I never knew which one to hit him up on. And yeah. one has a baseball icon, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But um, 
Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was amazing that it worked. You know, let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so when I was doing tech support, I could also take over other people's computers. I would hook up on on uh, iChat with them, and then I could actually go in and control. I used to use a third party tool actually from Germany as well that let me take control over their computer and move things around and freak them out. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I would I would basically, hey, Mark, I gotta let the dog out, and I'd, I'd let the dog out, and Mark would be like tapping away on my keyboard and yeah. writing code in my Xcode, and <laughs> it must have been pretty slow. It was slow yeah it was slow yeah, all right. but it was good those were the days those were the days those were the heady heady you know getting apps done shipping apps and stuff yep so speaking of shipping apps so do we, should we just go through this stuff there's not a lot here right sure yeah i didn't see any uh ask mtjc except for maybe your own my own uh, yes so yeah it was interesting like i have this app called um tweetstery which is like a, it gives me a, it lets me go back and look at my tweets from bygone days and uh this year i actually had one that was eight years old and i had had tweeted that um, you know I was really enjoying working with the uh, I was falling in love with the iPhone 4 I think it was the day I got it or around that time so it was around this time of year I guess that uh, the iPhone 4 shipped August 1st that sounded about right they did but used to ship in like summertime ish before yeah, they moved it to the fall yeah Hmm. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Let's hit the Wikipedia here. Yeah, they would announce. The, yeah, because I, I think uh, I, I was at that. I was at that WWDC uh, eight years ago. It would have been 2012, right? Uh, that was the one. That was the infamous one where where Steve Jobs tried to do the demo and he couldn't because there were too many people using MiFi devices and chewing oh, right. up all the bandwidth. Bandwidth. Eight yeah. years ago would have been 2010. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. Two, yeah. So that was I think 2010 was the first um, first one I went to. So let's see. When is the iPhone 4 released? iPhone 4. Yeah, June release date was June twenty first, twenty ten. Hmm. So why why would I have been talking about? Maybe I didn't get it till August first. Yeah, I mean, depending on availability, either you know manufacturing constraints, or did did they release it in Canada the same day? I mean, it's kind of a thing where they're adding more and more countries at initial launch, but you know that's been an additive thing over the last several years. Well, the original iPhone never shipped here, right? The the original um, OG, you know, Gorilla Silverback um, never. I mean, we had them, but we had to go down and. And bring them and, and unlock them and, and you know tell Rogers we, we were using a Telus device or something like that or not a Telus a Trio Palm Trio, um, but the 3G was the first phone to ship in Canada that was 20, 2008 and then, you know, then we had the 3GS and then the four yeah it was 2010 yeah but 2010 was the first year I went to WWC for sure so interesting hmm. yeah what do you know um, I guess I can go back onto my Apple Records and figure it out but there you go but that was my SMTJC so I just retweeted that today and you know got some, got some love from people not many but some people noticed. So I was playing around with uh, doing some stuff for a friend of mine. Um, hadn't spoken to her in years, so I wanted to send her some pictures of me and stuff like that. So I was looking in the, the Photos app. I don't know if you guys have played around with the Photos app recently. Um, you know how they have that the, the faces face identifier routine thing? You know, they have the people thing, and you can you can do it on your phone, you can do it on your Mac, but it's been particularly buggy lately. So have you guys have never tried it out? I, I actually Sorry. haven't. Sorry? Tried out what? Tried out, out the, the face recognition, where it'll go through your... It'll go through your photos and it'll identify people like uh. whether they're famous people or, or just relatives and stuff like that right um and it just sort of seems to take forever like it says uh people will finish uploading when photos in the background well i guess does photos have to be open but in the background or what is the story and then on the phone it says the same thing like you know if you have it on your phone it says it'll, it'll finish when you i guess when you background the app but i don't understand or no you have to lock the phone in order for photos to work on the on the uh the facial recognition stuff 
phone, um, your device, your hand device. They're not using uh, um, Core ML yet, or you know whatever. Um, and I don't know why, because we've had it for at least a year now, right? But yeah, it's it's you know like you put a, you put like five or ten pictures, in, or you take five or ten pictures of, of the same person that you've already got cataloged, and it doesn't necessarily start cataloging them into the thing right away. So I find it kind of kind of buggy in that sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you've got them all all, all cataloged, you, you get these little uh, little slideshows you can play and throw them off on Facebook or whatever neat stuff. And that's my story about photos but i just i just wondered if you guys had even looked at looked at it because I, no, I never have been uh like i think there was an update uh, a couple of days ago which seemed to make some things better on the mac anyway but uh i just find it find it oddly surprisingly weird from an app for as an apple product goes you know that it just refuses to do like you, you can add more more people there's like a button here you say confirm additional photos and it just pops up and says there's no more photos even though i know i just put some in right <laughs> very strange hmm. yeah and it used to be that you could you could pick up like random people and just sort of say, okay, well, figure who this, give the person a name, and then off you go, right? But now it just seems to be, like, according to this app, I have 113 people on my phone, and that's all there is to it. There's no more people to be added, hmm. which is, as you know, you know, take a picture of a crowd, you got a crowd, right? <laughs> Very strange. Now, the question is, can it recognize, uh, uh, what's his name, Justin Trudeau? Um... Yeah, I think so. I don't have. I don't have any. I only have. I have a picture of his back because you know, as he walked away from me, I didn't have my camera in my hand, right? Mm-hmm. So or actually, I did have it in my hand, but I was kind of wrangling the dog at the same time. It's interesting. It recognizes my dog too, right? Macintosh. So it used to have a hard time with with uh, animal faces, but it seems to work with them now. Yeah, weird. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Like here, like okay, I'm looking at a picture of my dog, and the Pink Floyd album cover comes up. Wish you were here, thinking that's my dog, yeah. or maybe that's an, uh, that's a memory, I guess, not a, not a memories. Yeah, interesting. I just found a picture here. At one point in time, I had... Did I mention I went to uh, Jackson Brown concert last night? You, I think you mentioned you were going to go to see Jackson Brown. How did that go? It was, it was really good. Really good. Uh, the sound in the venue wasn't the greatest. Uh, I've been to this venue before, and it's it's not the best sound. It was a little, little bit muddy, but really great show. The only downside was he didn't play uh, the song uh, The Loadout. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't play that. Yeah. Or, or run in, did he play Running on Empty? He did play Running on Empty. He played pretty much everything else you would expect him to play. Um, Some eagle tunes as well take it easy yeah uh did he write that one yeah he wrote that yeah okay yeah and he you know he played the pretender and uh uh, doctor my eyes he didn't play lawyers in love Uh um but he played got uh she's got to be somebody's baby um so yeah so pretty much everything you'd expect well except i guess lawyers in love and and the loadout but it was still a fantastic show Uh well yeah so i recommend it so i'm going to see david byrne on um friday yeah he's coming around here too i thought about going but i'm probably not gonna go yeah and i saw do you know who David Cross is? Comedian? Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. He was funny. Yeah. From um, both Arrested Development and, uh, and uh, well, what was the show he did with Bob Odenkirk? Mr. Show. Mr. Show. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 He was he was pretty funny. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about part of his routine. And I think you know why. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Bob Odenkirk, for people who don't know, is is uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Saul Goodman. Is that, that starts today? Oh, no. It starts Monday. It starts oh, it does. Monday. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm glad you remind, you mentioned the new that. season. Get the PVR going there, yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I have I have all my. It's, it's funny. They I guess they show them at the same time. So I I do check my PVR when these shows come back on the air. Mm. And uh, yeah, there's a new um, serial, serial killer mystery with uh, Sandra O. Oh, you know from um, mm. Grey's Anatomy. Yep. And I think she's Vancouver's own, Calgary's own Sandra O. Oh. Yeah. So does she play the serial killer or the person hunting? No, the she plays the. She plays a. Um, I'm not sure what. 
she's uh, she's in Paris as an American in Paris. Well, she's playing an American, but she's clearly got a Canadian accent. Um, but she's playing uh, like a I don't know if she's an investigator or what have you, or because somehow she she gets she figures out that this this uh, serial killer is, is running or killer is running around, and you know she ends up getting fired, and, and another agency hires her because they believe they they they've been looking for the same person, right? So hmm. that's that's the plot at the beginning. So and and the, the serial killer is actually very entertaining um, young lady is the killer and her methods are, are dispatching her assignments are interesting so a typical you know she's got that whole um, uh, what do you call it when the um, pathological you know not, not pathological what do you call it when when you know they have no remorse uh, psychotic so, so uh, sociopath sociopath so she got that whole you know thing down right you know, she just she cares about the the assignment but she doesn't care about the people or the you know the collateral damage and that kind of stuff right so mm. interesting interesting movie or TV show I guess and there's something else I'm watching too that just started uh, hmm don't know don't know really so I had a friend of mine discover Spotcast the other day so I was listening to our last episode Jaime which oh, is why, nice. why I tweeted about it today I thought it was related to the impending uh, Blu-ray release of. Uh, it, it is. Avengers. I mean, I, I use that opportunity, but I, but I, you know, I just wanted to listen to the last episode, and and we gave ourselves a lot of homework in the last episode. We said there's a lot of fact checking we need to do, so just a reminder. We should we should uh, crank that guy up soon too, right? Or uh, what, what summer blockbusters have you seen, or whatever? Or have you, have you been too busy moving? <laughs> too busy moving. The only the only thing I've seen uh, that did really well, but I wouldn't call it a summer movie nor a blockbuster. I think is uh, a Quiet Place. Uh, uh, which one's that? That's the one with uh, John Krasinski from The Office and Emily Blunt. Oh yeah, yeah. They have to be I saw him like, interviewed by Strom, silent. Yeah, yeah they'd yeah. have to be silent, otherwise the uh, monsters will kill them. It was done on a really small budget and made a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. I think the two of them made it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he was. Producer, producer or maybe co-writer or something yeah 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 I haven't, I haven't seen that one but i didn't mean to i'm not I, I don't go out of my way for horror movies but you know that that, that one did look interesting so but uh, have you seen have you been watching westworld or haven't watched westworld uh probably won't see better call saul though i did binge and, and watch the third season so i'm i'm caught up when that starts uh of, Do- of better call saul yeah yeah it's, a, it's a weird one it's kind of i, I kind of worry that it's got that um phantom menace to clone wars kind of thing going on where they have to sort of fit it into the unless of course you know an asteroid lands in the planet and throws the earth off kilter and we enter another timeline and then he doesn't have to worry about wedging into breaking bad right i don't know i i think they've done a fantastic job so far making it fit yeah oh yeah uh the fact the way that they well i guess these aren't spoilers because the last season was out you know more than a year ago but the way that they they got uh, uh nacho involved and tuco and and uh and just last season got made some appearances yeah 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 and i'm really looking forward to seeing how the um i can't remember his name now but the the guy who's the the gang boss right who in breaking bad was in the wheelchair yes i'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out how that happens well he must have a stroke or something like that right right you're right something must happen yeah yeah gus spring yeah yeah, and i'm sure gus is involved in it somehow oh you think yeah Yeah, they they showed some of the the animosity between gus spring and hector salamanca yeah 
Yeah, that's yeah. his name, right? Hector Salamanca. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. They've yeah, been saying, I, I haven't, I haven't seen anything yeah. about the season, but I did hear some stuff saying that this this is the season where it's really going to start uh, merging in. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Huh. I wonder if they'll do the uh, the uh, the Saul version of or Saul perspective of what when Walter White shows up and that kind of stuff, right? So, yeah, I think that'll be pretty cool. I forgot when he when they kind of met. He he gets to go gets to go find a lawyer at some point, right? Right, and he just and he sees a billboard. Sort of, yeah, he sees one of the right. Better Call Saul billboards. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or bus stop uh, advertisement or something like that. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, I think Michael McKeon does. It, well, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but in the preview, they 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 show that he's at his funeral. So. Yeah. Well, he died at, in the finale of. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I can remember the. Yeah. Yeah. He was a piece of work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Typical lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Working your way up from the mailroom into becoming a lawyer at a fake college. Right? Which one? Uh, Saul. Saul. Uh, Saul. Yeah, but not his brother. No, no. Right. no. But the brother. Well, that was the whole thing. The, the the older brother could never could see Saul, uh, Saul as having any sort of value as a lawyer because he right. he didn't go to proper law schools or whatever. Yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And you haven't been watching Westworld. You've been watching um, Handmaid's Tale, though, Jaime, the first season? Saw the first season. Um, trying to figure out how I want to do the second season. I, I'm really trying to figure out my um, media consumption, sort of um, new world order in yeah. terms of like, all right, what, what makes sense? You know, Netflix is in there. You know, that's guaranteed. Uh, Amazon Video is in there just because it's free. And since you have cable television at all? We don't have cable television, which has made it a little bit more difficult to watch um, sports. Uh-huh. But um, that's not so big of a deal right now because um, the Sounders aren't doing very good in the MLS, to be quite honest. And mm-hmm. uh, the Mariners—that's been kind of a bummer to, to not watch those. Although I did see, um, I did see one of their games on Facebook of all places. Uh, Facebook Watch is something that Facebook has been pushing um, last few weeks, probably as like a, a way to do community-style um, live streaming, almost. So yeah. you know, you'd, you'd watch. I think they were playing like um, the Colorado Rockies or something. You know, some. Some so, yeah. afternoon rubber match, you know, it's like a, a 1 p.m. or I guess 12 p.m. because it was like an hour ahead in, in Colorado. Right. Speaking uh, of Facebook, did chat. you see their, their push today towards Facebook for teams? I missed that. I didn't see that. Yeah, they're trying to take, I think they're trying to take on um, Slack, you know, Slack. And uh, and of course, you know, all, all the, the response on Twitter was, yeah, because we we, we totally trust Facebook, right? <laughs> not, <laughs> not to mess with our stuff, right? <laughs> it's It's not good timing, like. No, you know, uh, it's also not a good time for them to release uh, a, a home speaker of some sort, some sort of smart speaker. Like that, was that what they're doing? It, it's been rumored for such a long time, and I think oh, yeah. I think they were on the cusp of doing so until they had the Cambridge Analytica scandals. And uh, surely, some some wise consultant who charges ten thousand dollars an hour was like, "Please don't do that. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> Please put the money in my bank account by the end of the day." You know that sort of thing. Um, I like I get why they want to do it. Um, they're starting to top out on their potential revenues just because they've reached just about everybody who could reasonably be reached in any, you know, hmm. less than a decade time frame, right? Waiting for the developing countries to develop. And life is going to get harder for them with GDPR. So uh, they, they gave their, their guidance. It was lower than you would like as an investor, and that's why investors freaked out. Right. Um, and, and so I can see why they would want to do more, you know, for them, boring, enterprisey type stuff. The, the bread and butter sort of thing that the Microsofts of the world are, are really good at doing, right? That's why 
Um, that's why HipChat, or sorry, Atlassian gave up, said, forget it. We can't beat Slack and Microsoft uh, at this whole, you know, chat based communication thing. So let's just team up with uh, one of them and, and hitch our pony to that one. Right. So that was, yeah, we were talking, there was another thing we could have talked about today was, was the HipChat, Slack, something collapse or whatever. What happened with that last week? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, they're pretty much putting an end to HipChat. Um, I think as you and I were chatting about the enterprise, you know, um, on-site editions of those will continue to run, but no right, longer be yeah. supportive with bug fixes, improvements, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And pretty much they're going to do a tighter integration between Atlassian's other products, non-HipChat-based products, and Slack. And I think they're getting some sort of business stake in Slack. Oh, really? So it's, huh. it, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Atlassian, uh, sorry, um, Slack gets to remove like they kill the competitor at least you know competitive product right right um they've solidified their position against microsoft who is you know very good at this sort of game and, and has a lot of, of money it can use to to push you know hey look this integrates with office 365 and it integrates with azure and all these other things uh, github even right since they have that acquisition and it also seems you know i mean it, it let's be honest it's not great for atlassian i mean but it's still sort of like not as bad as it could be where they just uh got driven out of the business and they have nothing to show for it now they've got something that helps solidify their position make sure that the, they still have that developer story and since they have some sort of business stake in slack they continue to benefit from the competitor who drove them out of that market i wonder if there's an acquisition in the in the works maybe which direction do you think like atlassian buying slack i think they're i think they're much bigger yeah so you think rather than uh, slack has an ipo yet right am i am i correct in thinking they're still private i think they're still private yeah let's see i'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking it up now maybe now's a good time for slack to be like hey we're gonna ipo <laughs> just to mm-hmm. shake the box and see if, if atlassian will pull the trigger on an acquisition wow they're uh valued as of september 2007 17, they're valued at $5 billion Slack. Really? really? Um, I didn't think they were that big. Yeah, they've raised $841 total million in uh, VC funding. So let's compare that to Atlassian. I have to think Atlassian is bigger than that, though. But let's see. Yeah, Atlassian, Atlassian has, uh, as of a year ago, which is the latest number here, they have $620 million of revenue. So they're, oh, wow. No, their market, wow, their market cap is only $4.4 billion. Wow. Yeah, I, I think well, it's because... compared to Slack, I, I, which is valued at five billion yeah i i I think it's because atlassian was sort of um a very quiet success Mm. you know they they didn't take the big vc funding so they didn't get uh the pros and cons of an ever-expanding valuation and you know their whole thing was like let's just be really boring and like quietly make money (laughs) right they were uh, they were profitable from day one pretty much so they never really were in the position of having to go out and and bend the knee and and raise funds there's that Uh, knee again yeah 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 bend the knee (laughs) and kiss the ring you know that sort of thing Oh, is that what it means? That's what I, that's what comes to my mind, you know, like yeah, it was a Game big of Game of Thrones thing, bending the knee. Oh, was it? I thought it was related to the oh, taking a knee is what I'm thinking about with the um, with the football players. Oh no, that's different. That's different. Yeah, okay. I guess it's still showing deference though when we look at it, right? It's you can rest, but it's it's still kind of like hey, shut up and pay attention to what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bend the knee. Oh, I oh, I see what you're saying. Like like Jon Snow won't bend the knee to Daenerys and that. That's kind of right. Stuff, right. Yeah. 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 Constantly, everybody's know, like doing this power play of like you to bend the knee. It's like, what? We're partners here. I'm not going to bend the knee to you. Hey, wait, that's spoilers from the last season. Well, that was you. You you, you said that part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
sure. <laughs> yeah. But I, I didn't say the conclusion to it, what you just said. You wrecked it for everybody. <laughs> uh, just trying to see where is this reference to uh, Facebook on? Facebook groups or whatever it's called. Oh, maybe I dreamt it with my CTAP, CPAP machine on. Yeah, so I have to try and avoid Greg at 360i dev as he tries to avoid me. Why? What? Why is this? <laughs> Didn't you see his comment about the fact that you have to try and avoid me and Tammy? Because we're both going and he's, and, uh, yeah. No, I think, I think I missed that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tammy's uh, one of the keynotes, right? She is the keynote. She is the, the keynote, the opening keynote. Yeah. Friend of the show, sometimes co-host of More Than Just Code podcast, co-host or host of Roundabout Creative Chaos, is the keynote speaker at 360i Dev this year. Hmm. What's the topic? Um, now that you say that, I don't remember. Hang on one second. So I saw an email about it the other day or a tweet about it or something. 360 Connections, I'm pretty sure, is what it is. But she talked about it uh, at our, um, RWDevCon. I don't know. Oh, here, Maybe here, it's under here. speakers. I'm looking at the schedule, and the schedule doesn't have... Wi- wired for Connections, it says, is the, na- is the name of her talk. Oh, oh, I see. The first day is the workshops. My bad. Yeah, you're right. She's stolen my tribalism speech <laughs> <laughs> without even knowing it. Interesting. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out... I, I don't hmm? think it makes sense for me, but it sure would be nice, because I'm looking at some of these sessions, and some of these will look like it would be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them. It's, I was amazed. It's, I forgot it's three days long, right? Plus the plus the workshop is four days. Sam's doing his, his uh, usual workshop on something new and exciting from the latest WWDC. Yeah, lots of people. Lots of people. Tim, I don't think you got to see Ijaz Ansari's uh, advanced debugging with Xcode. I did, actually. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Okay, you did get to see I wrote it. I an article right. on it last year. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure because I, re- I remember that one sticking out in my mind. That would be a yeah. good one to go to. Yeah, it's uh, Also, uh, Greg's, I think, still co-worker. Uh, Agnes is doing the um, the complicated life of a backgrounded iOS app. Mm. So I remember seeing Topology's blog post about some of the they were uh, they were still coworkers as of WWDC. I assume. No, she's I been posting. She posted on Twitter that she was looking for work. So oh 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 yeah. Oh, I don't know what the story is there. Mm. Plus, there's also the karaoke that we do at night with Jean. Is Jean speaking? Where's Jean? I thought she was. I thought she was doing some micro dot blog related stuff. Yeah, my uh, my talk didn't get accepted as you probably figured out <laughs> i'm telling Even you tim the, the stats from um kate houston and chuki chan was like oh yeah it's it's about one in ten should be the the expectation really yeah 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 but you, you're batting like four th- 400 right now aren't you no 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 uh here let me let me bring up my spreadsheet <laughs> she's got a spreadsheet work I have, I have a spreadsheet oh to be young eh, mark <laughs> So, yeah, that's not it's not new technology we talked about. This isn't like oh, you kids nowadays with your your no, face, you and, face your and my Instagram and your charts and graphs and eight by ten glossies with numbers and arrows on the back. <laughs> What's the expression mark? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Okay. Google Drive decided to give me uh, an A/B test and it showed something completely wrong. And what does um, Doctor Who say about complicated sum maths and whatever? Let's see. Yeah, it's not looking so good right now. It, it was a little higher than this. It was close to 1 in 10. Now I am 7.4%. Is that good? So it's less than 1 in 10, which would be 10%. So 2 accepted and 27 rejected with many still in flight. Granted, some of these were sort of like, you know, a little bit 
bit less likely to be picked up. You know, uh, a few serverless conferences, um, uh, a Go conference, uh, Kotlin yeah. Conf, which was uh, definitely one of the further ones out there. Edgy, very edgy for you. So, what was the um, what was the conference you went to on the weekend? Oh, uh, the one I went to on Monday was Go Northwest. And what's that? This is based on GoLang, the, the Go programming language. Oh, okay. And uh, this was the first year that they were here, uh, or the first year for this conference. Oh, okay. Uh, sort of like a, an extended meetup. Um, it was great. It was only like 100 bucks, so super cheap. Mm. Um, full day from, what, like 9 in the morning to uh, 5 p.m., and then folks did dinner and lunch and stuff. It was pretty good because, I'm, you know, I'm getting my, my toes wet and dipping into the waters of, of Go and, and seeing how that uh, that whole thing works. And so it was kind of nice to almost do that immersion, like you were talking about, like sort of immersion-based learning mm-hmm. um, going to these, these different topics, uh, single-track conference. And I lucked out by running into a couple of former co-workers from uh, two totally different jobs. So um, really? th- that was kind of nice, too. Hmm. I'd say one of the biggest differences, or two larger differences I noticed with, with this versus, you know, let's say something uh, Swift-based or, you know, Apple-based is uh, I think there were a lot more of uh, practical applications in terms of, you know, the kinds of, of content that was being presented. Uh, fewer like, hey, this is academically cool, but you'll, you'll like never use this sort of thing. Right. And uh, the community seemed a bit more um, varied and diverse. Uh, and however you want, young, old, man, woman, uh, different races, uh, from what appeared to be different backgrounds, right. um, you know, how they came to this. And I, I assume the difference is probably related to accessibility, where uh, Go is on every platform. You know, if you're running Windows, Mac, Linux, um, it doesn't, you know, you can run it probably just as well on a El Cheapo $300 Windows PC and on a $6,000 MacBook Pro. So I think that, that that sort of helps, right? That the the barrier to entry is is lower, and so I think there's a little bit more diversity there. That I um, I'd like to see some sort of things happen uh, to our ecosystem there, right? I mean, it's it, it's great that something like um, Swift Playgrounds is available on you know even the cheapest iPad, right? what like three three hundred dollars, three twenty nine, and that's great. That helps, but it's not quite the same in in terms of capability as a you know even a four hundred dollar El Cheapo Windows ten laptop. Um, so uh, while I think it's great to have, you know, $6,000 beefy pro machines, I, I, I still have a, a place for a 999 and below, you know, just keep lowering that, that lower end MacBook or MacBook Air model just to, to let people, you know, let a broader set of people get into our community. I think it'd be good for us. Cool. I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.